Welcome to Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash house or use the code house at checkout for 20% off and for free shipping. This is episode 76. Dropping on a Friday. I can't confidently say that we've never done this, but this just seems like something we've never done. Never done. Um, never done. Yeah. Had some technical difficulties with the interview we taped, so redid it and never fear. Uh, great episode for you. We'll do a little recap of the Rhode Island Brewfest this past week, and then we'll break down the Super Bowl. Somehow we're here. Uh, that is Will Tondo. I'm Jake Zimmer. And first of all, I mean, just hop right into things. The Rhode Island Brewfest this past weekend, always a fun time, but we got to see it through a new lens this year, quite literally. I, I'm pretty pumped at the product we saw. Yeah, I mean, special shout out to Mac Ray, which you'll hear his interview in a little bit. Um, we got the press coverage. It was, it felt normal again. You know, we were talking about that on the interview. It felt some sense of normalcy returning to these kind of festivals and interacting with people and trying a ton of beer. Um, I mean, it was, it was incredible. The day flew by a lot of great conversations with people. And of course the beer did not fail a lot of new stuff. I mean, I did the numbers and I, you know, you're a little slow on untapped, but <laughs> it took me about a year and a half the first time. <laughs> so there was about, I think 80 vendors. I might be wrong around that ballpark, 50, maybe 50, 60 vendors. I think, why do I feel like you said 60? I don't remember the number, but yeah, it was, it was I a lot. Did. <laughs> so when we got there, we saw the friends that we knew we had some of their beer throughout the whole day, had some of their beer. So I didn't even check in those beers because it's like I already had them, I already know them in the back of my head. I tried 68 new beers. That's what it was. You had 68 tasters. Yeah. 68 tasters. And there was a couple that I forgot to write down because it was on the tail end and we were just like shooting the shit. Like in our original interview with Matt, like we were trying some beer and it's like, that was just long gone. And then plus all the other beer that I've already had. I mean, Orange Belt from... Beer on Earth, uh, Winter Warmer from um, Moniker. I mean, there was a good 15, 20 that I've already had that I was like, yeah, I'm going to still have it. But 68 new beers on Untapped. Pretty freaking crazy. And we didn't even hit all the spots. I know we didn't. And I, it took me till we got around to like the bend and it was like 345. I'm like, oh, shit. I missed a lot. Like, I don't even think I... Did we drink Moniker's beer? Maybe at the end. No, we hadn't. No, we had Moniker's beer. It was at the beginning. It was the beginning. We talked to him and we had the interview because they had Winter Warmer and one of their Kolsch styles. Um, But we missed a couple key ones. And what's wild is when we were talking to Matt, he's like, oh, yeah, we had to cut the vendors by 20% as also not offer 20% of the tickets. Like they had to cut because of COVID, which again, I don't know how they would have fit that many vendors in that location, let alone more people. I mean, it was packed. That was like, there was not that much room because, you know, you felt pressured behind when you were like sitting there talking with some people. And it's like, you had to like, kind of like move on the conveyor belt and everything. I was, I was very shocked that he said like, oh yeah, we could have fit like another couple hundred people and like another 20 vendors. It's like where, but hopefully in 2023 that we get to see that. Yeah, I'm right with you. I I don't remember there being that many as he said there was back in 2020. Well, um, it keeps growing, I guess, you know. 
Yeah, with Rhode Island beer scene growing and even still, I mean, like even the more footprints from people in Massachusetts and New Hampshire and New York and and things like that. Um, yeah, there were a lot. So that's 68 tasters. You divide it out three ounces of pour. That's 17, 12 ounce cans. Um, it's a lot of beer. Doesn't break our record of, I think, what, 19 couple a couple years ago yeah uh yeah can't wait till our video drops we've got some really funny discussions in there with people um i think my favorite without spoiling too much was i interviewed this guy that you saw when we were talking to the castle island people he had that beer glove yeah you had a lot of good conversations with the people with pretzel necklaces too the pretzel necklaces people were electric i mean the crowd was fired up um I ran into Will afterwards, uh, Will over at Beer on Earth, and he said the people in the second session were much tamer that we got the rowdy crew. We got really? the rowdy, rowdy crew. Yeah. I feel like you're some kind of like sick to go drink beer one to four on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Like a mad dash too. Crazy. You're just some kind of twisted. I mean, I was. we were shot after that. That was a long day. It's a fun day. It was a fun day, but I'm just going through untapped now trying to pull out everything I gave over a four and I have my list. Good. All right. I'll, I can start then. I'm just going to shout out like maybe one or two because I've got them up. Um, North Northwoods, Northwoods Brewing Company. They had one of the best coffee porter. That was one of the best yeah. dark beers I've had like period. Um, Gave that a 4.25. I mean, that is a 4.7% porter. I don't know how they did that, but it was delicious. It's like, you know, after a stout or some dark beer, it's like, oh shit, just sh sitting in my stomach. It's like, yeah, that was smooth. That was, that smooth. was, I wanted like 10 more of them. Yeah. I gave that a four or five. I like that a lot. I like that a yeah. lot. That was really, really good. Um, what else? I've got, I was really tough this year. I don't have many that I gave over a four. Um, I don't have many either. Yeah. I've got Mass Landing from Gunner's Daughter. Or Gunner's, no, Daughter. Gunner's Daughter from Mass Landing. Excuse me. Yes. That is on my list as well. That I gave a four or five. Yeah. Mass Landing is a, a great one. Um, oddly enough, we just, we're talking about the Rhode Island Brew Fest. We just picked two breweries that aren't Rhode Island. I think I've true. got... Let me see. Do I have any Rhode Island? No, I actually didn't give a single Rhode Island beer over a four. Um, but I also did want to shout out Woodstock Pulp Juice that got a four for me. Uh, the Woodstock Inn. We've been there. We sat outside in the igloo. Mm -hmm. um, whatever they did was just better this time around. So that was good. I'm trying to find a Rhode Island beer that I, I rated pretty well. Oh, we got to talk about the Whalers Cucumber Lime Seltzer. That Those was delicious. Those That's good. better than it was. Better than it was, yeah. Comment. I didn't give it a four, but I, I did thoroughly enjoy it. I would buy that again. I would buy yeah, that. Again. I gave it a three, seven, five, I think. Yeah, actually. they, they fixed their, um, because I've had it before and I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like maybe it was just a bad batch on, on tap when I was down there, but much better this time around. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. It was, it was refreshing. It was refreshing. Yeah. Cool. What else do you want to shout out here? Um, so from Rhode Island, um, Go to Long Live. I had the Always Lonely Week in Creamsicle. Gave that a 425. It was a New England hazy IPA. And then their peanut butter sweet spot 
stout uh, pastry stout gave that a four. So two Rhode Islands right there. I also gave from Rhode Island, I gave monikered um, their farmhouse ale, the Saison, the tethered optimism of four. Yeah. I like that one a lot. I'm a real sucker for um, the Saisons. Not in Rhode, oh no, in Rhode Island, last one, Proclamation. It was a double, an imperial double, fitter, happier. I gave that a four. And then I gave from Pivotal Brewing Company, another imperial double, Bomb, uh, bomb Cyclone. Gave that a four. Um, Castle Island. Tidal Flux from Castle Island. It was an, another Imperial. I was going with the, the Imperial Doubles. I was going with the Imperial Doubles. Yeah. Um, 4.25 from them. Tidal Flux, I, I enjoyed a lot. And then Vanished Valley Brewing Company, Watershed IPA. I gave a four. Mm. Oh, last one. Another Saison uh, from Lops Brewing Company, Blue Violet. That was very good. That was very good. Mm. Lops. Oh, that was good. I have that. Yeah. Why don't I? I missed so much shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I had them all written down in my notes. And like, I also was cross checking between Hanold, Paige wrote some down. (laughs) And then I was like, I took I took pictures of each and every single um, one we stopped at. And I just made sure I was like, okay, so it might have not been like the honest review, but I was like, oh, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I There's just so much stuff that you can tell. We're probably like filming or talking or just drinking and being dumb that we just didn't write a lot of the stuff down. Um, so those were the those were the tops. I mean, a handful out of 68 new ones. You know, I'll take it. We're, we've we've definitely adopted into the model where, you know, not everything's at 375, 375 and above. But those were the ones that stood out. And I mean, just shout out to all the people there. Super friendly. Um, Not only like because we were there with the camera and interviewing them and like having conversations, but like the crew that we were with, like they were interacting with them. They made them feel so welcomed. They, you know, were proud to represent their breweries. They were, you know, answering different questions on like, oh, what would you like? You know, oh, do you like this style? Do you like that style? This is what it's made of. This is what it kind of tastes like. This is why we made it. Um, everyone there was super professional because like, honestly, not all of the, you know, owners or brewers were at those tables. It was different sales reps or, you know, tap room managers, but they still were, you know, home run, knock out of the park. Like they knew their stuff and they were very happy to, uh, share the message. So, I mean, I, I thought it was one of the best events of the year and I hope we can get to the Cape Cod and Newport and Birvana and keep doing this. Yeah. There's a lot of good we got to look for more too, because Rhode Island's got like the big, you know, like Beervana. Um, it's basically just Beervana, the Newport craft beer fest. And then, uh, and then the Rhode Island beer fest or brew fest, I should say too. I got to keep on brand with the marketing because we're about to speak with a marketing guy, but yeah, there's just so much up here, like anywhere in new England, really. It's like, this is beer festival Haven. Mm-hmm. This is unbelievable. Um, and here we were thinking like the best beer festivals on earth were like Sam Adams and Harpoon Fest and stuff. So like, yeah, not even, not even a touch. I mean, granted, those are fun, but it's like, you know, it's they way have different, way different. And You're going to drink like light beers and smoke a couple cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's more <laughs> of like a, a party where this is, it's like, this is a party too, but 
I mean, they have the food, they have the atmosphere, um, and the, just the variety, which is, I, which is what I really like. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, this is, this will be fun. We've got a beer fest coming up in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll, we'll tease it. Yeah. We'll keep it until we get everything finalized signs. Well, I mean, we're already going, I agree. We're going and it's finalized, but once we get the itinerary all locked up, we will, uh, yeah, the, the planes that. booked. <laughs> we're, we're, our ass is taking it on that plane. So yeah. we're going to do this. Um, figure out the rest as we go that'll be fun uh looking forward to it we're going to another beer event it is not it's somewhere we have to fly and we'll leave it at that and that's beers and that's Um, beers we would be remiss if we didn't close this out with talking to a guy that kept the that really was just a glue guy on the rhode island brew fest matt gray from gray matter marketing and ragged island uh founder of the rhode island brew fest we got to talk with him on Saturday. Uh, our audio, we had more technical difficulties than we imagined. So we had to re-record that. So I were dropping on Friday. Um, really want to thank Matt for taking 20 minutes out of his day to, to chat with us again about all the good stuff he's doing. So let's hear from him. Here's Matt Craig. All right, everybody with us this week from the Rhode Island Brew Festival that we just attended, Matt Gray the founder of the festival, as well as the founder of Ragged Island, joins us for the show. Um, We had an incredible time at the beer festival and want to highlight Matt in full. So Matt, thanks so much for joining and how are you doing a couple days after the big show? Uh, Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, doing pretty well. Thank you. It was a success. Uh, Everyone seemed to have a really great time and and, uh, we had a lot of positive reviews. So uh, all those things are, are great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, how you got into the, the Rhode Island beer scene and then how did this, you know, dream and inception of the RI Brewfest uh, come to life? Absolutely. So um, I started my marketing company, Gray Matter Marketing in 2012. Um, It was uh, my first entrepreneurial venture. It was something that I wanted to pursue uh, for a little while and just uh, felt that it was a good time to, to do it. I was in between job opportunities and, and instead of trying to, you know, get another marketing gig somewhere and maybe a sales gig somewhere, I decided to pursue my own venture and uh, very, very fortunate to have had success uh, with that. So uh, Gray Matter Marketing, again, started 2012. Uh, the Rhode Island Brew Fest was founded in 2013, uh, January of that year. Um, we had, as a business, Gray Matter Marketing had hosted the Cape Cod Brew Festival as our first real venture and uh, had loved the experience of working with all these small businesses. Uh, I was a huge beer fan, obviously, and had worked in the festival and event space for a while. So it was kind of a natural fit for me. Um, and through that experience, you know, doing it on Cape, uh, I just wanted to be able to do that in my hometown as well. So that's when I decided to start the Rhode Island Brewfest. Uh, at the time, there were, I think, seven Rhode Island breweries. So it was a pretty small group. Uh, was able to create, you know, good contacts with those folks. And, um, you know, they all were excited to participate in the event as well, to really have a Rhode Island-centric event. Um, and the really nice part is over the last nine years, it's developed uh, with the craft beer scene. So we have uh, upwards of 37 breweries now in the state of Rhode Island, including my very own Ragged Island Brewing Company. 
And it's really just nice to see all these small businesses thriving in Rhode Island. Matt, you talk about the, you know, kind of the journey you went on to start Rhode Island Brewfest. Um, you know, it worked in, in the Cape, right? And you mentioned you wanted to bring something back to to your home state, to your hometown. Um, what was the process like? You know, what were some of the things that you wanted to create in Rhode Island that made this such a, a unique event to the state and then beyond? Yeah, at the time, there were a couple of beer festivals that already existed and one that had just launched. So right in my hometown, Newport, the uh, Newport Craft Beer Festival uh, had just begun uh, that that year. So I knew it would be very challenging to start something exactly like that in my hometown. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you had Beervana, which had been around for a couple of years, and the Great International uh, Beer Festival, which I think had been around for a very long time, but was kind of an outdated model that that event was pay to play. You show up, you pay to be the vendor, you donate your beer. Um, and, and then the day and age that we were living in, you know, we realized right away that, you know, if we want to have breweries participate, we need to pay them to, to be there. Um, and, and kind of to me, it was like the equivalent of a, a band uh, for a, a rock show. You had to have some draw. And to me, the draw were all these great breweries and the new ones that people hadn't tried yet and getting them all together in one place. Uh, was really just a, the concept and, and that's what we kind of strove for uh, and pulling it together was, was kind of a challenge because we looked at, you know, a wintertime event to not compete directly with a beer Vana, which is in the fall and the Newport event, which was in the spring. Um, and so, you know, when summertime is just, you know, expensive to host events, a lot of in, in Rhode Island. So we looked at uh, venues, which was the next challenge where, uh, where would we host this event with enough people to make it make sense for everybody involved? Um, we settled on the Pawtucket Armory. We had uh, an introductory meeting there. Um, they were all for it. At the time, Pawtucket was uh, considering itself the craft beer capital of Rhode Island. So they were certainly behind it at the city level. And, uh, you know, with uh, Foolproof having just opened and the guild being underway, Crooked Current came, you know, right after that. So, there were a lot of a uh, lot of hits in Pawtucket, and it made a lot of sense to be there. Uh, the venue itself was really fun, kind of a unique, kind of old armory space. Um, but ultimately, it didn't have the amenities that we really liked. Uh, you know, having you know more bathrooms for indoor plumbing, things like that. Uh, you know, at a beer festival, certainly a premium is paid for for bathrooms, so that's important. <laughs> You know, next to beer, I think bathrooms are probably the second most important part of a beer festival. Right, I was about to say that's got to be like the first thing you check off your box. Like, yeah, can yeah. do I have bathrooms here? Because that's people yeah. remember that. People remember that feeling of like, oh shit, there wasn't a bathroom around. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So you know those those things are uh, you know they changed over the years when we we really wanted to make the event better, uh, and we were very fortunate to find the Waterfire Event Center because I really do think that center is just a, a great location for us to host the event, obviously in Providence. Uh, you've got now a couple of breweries right around the corner and Providence Brewing Co. And, um, you know, the Lost Valley Pizza Revival Brewing that is opening soon. So those those guys are uh, anchoring themselves in that area. And the Waterfire Event Center is, uh, you know, a nice old industrial building, which kind of speaks to the nature of what our industry is doing right now, which is kind of reclaiming some older property that might have been used for manufacturing in the past and, and uh, giving it new life. So um, we're, we're grateful to be there. 
And you've touched upon, I mean, the festival in your mind and everything started in 2013, only a handful of breweries. Now we're, <clears throat> excuse me, growing immensely. Like how do you see Rhode Island becoming this craft beer capital in the East Coast? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, we are certainly growing, that's for sure. There's definitely more and more breweries. Um, and I think one of the things that, makes us unique is the ability to travel around our state so quickly. Uh, so making a beer tour or, you know, doing a weekend and, you know, seeing a bunch of the different breweries and, and visiting the ones you want to um, is super easy. Uh, and I think that's a nice draw for us, for folks who are coming from out of town. And then just uh, being a Rhode Islander and knowing uh, a lot of my local friends and, and family, you know, we're very, um, loyal to our state. So I think that's a huge factor as well mm -hmm. that Rhode Islanders support Rhode Island and, and, and love all the things about Rhode Island that make us unique and different. And just because we're the smallest state, um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter to us. We, we just love everything about our state and all these small businesses that have started in the last few years have, you know, need the support of Rhode Islanders and, it's just a, a testament to the fact that even during the pandemic, we didn't have a mass number of breweries closing or like I've seen in Connecticut and Massachusetts the last year, um, you know, that kind of residual effect of the initial uh, pandemic hit is kind of <clears throat> taking its toll on certain breweries who have decided to close up shop and for whatever reasons, but, you know, probably due to the fact that, you know, a tap room model is Know, requires people being in your chat room so um and that's uh, a majority of our businesses here in the state and that's Let's bring it back segue. to the yeah go ahead well i was gonna say that's a perfect segue with you know overcoming the pandemic obviously yeah. we've been very fortunate that there hasn't been a tremendous impact in the state of rhode island in terms of a lot of businesses closing but there have been some but this festival was a huge success in 2020 that was our first time attending to now not having to take the year off, coming back stronger in 2022. Um, we saw the tickets sell out like that. Like people were very excited. People were very hyped up on social media. How do you think the um, event went with all the COVID procedures and how well was it perceived? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously we were adhering to whatever the state required us to do um, and probably went <laughs> a little bit further than that. Um, but we, you know, we really just want to make sure everyone felt comfortable and safe. And uh, overall, I felt like we, we did have that feeling, um, you know, for both sessions of the event. So, yeah, coming back in 2022 is just different, different world for sure. So that's, you know, we had to make some changes, make some adjustments. Uh, one of the things we did was reduce tickets by 25 percent uh, and reduced our vendors by 25 percent. So there was just more space in the building, uh, more space for people to move around. Um, but obviously with, you know, less folks coming, you know, certainly, um, you know, on a revenue side, that's a challenge for a small business. Um, but we did the best we could with it this year and hopefully we can come back in 2023 and kind of get really back to where we were, um, pre COVID and, you know, have the same kind of festival and event that we really like to have, which is just, you know, making sure we can get everybody who wants to be there in there. We, we certainly had a lot of demand for tickets. They sold out very quickly. And unfortunately, you know, probably could have sold a, a few hundred more, but, you know, that's the way it goes in 2022. And we're just kind of rolling with the punches and ready to move on to the, to the next event. 
it What's did feel nice. Or, I was going to say it did feel nice to have some sense of normalcy again, though. It and did. Some people, you know, interacting with the different brewers. Uh, we started this podcast in the midst of the pandemic to kind of have those conversations that you would normally have in a brewery. Um, so it was nice feeling that sense of normal yet again. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I, obviously, people are ready for it. You know, everyone's just ready to to move on to the next phase and. I, you know, personally feel like, you know, we're, I'm ready to start to, to get back to as normal as we can. And, and, you know, obviously being safe and intelligent about it, but, you know, in a fully vaxxed world, uh, that would be the ideal situation is just uh, get back to some kind of normalcy. And for not just for me, but for everybody, I mean, I have young kids who are still in school who are, um, you know, dealing with masks and stuff like that, where you know, I don't even know what it'd be like to ha- had to have done what they've dealt with. Uh, and to them, it'll be second nature and just part of their life, you know, something that they experience. So it's a, it's a different world today than it was in 2020 when, when we had our last festival. But it was really great to get back to doing that again and, and seeing just seeing people, the, the, the people that support our events, people who support our brewers and the brewers themselves. It was really just great to get together with everybody. And it did feel like a celebration for sure. What's the future, Matt, of you know, we talk about a realistic target for next year is, you know, just opening that full capacity again, you know, packing that place up and getting everybody in there, no masks and all that stuff. Right. But down the road, you know, what's, what excites you about what you can build with this brew fest, right? Like what, uh, what's coming up? What do you see in the future these next few years for the Rhode Island brew fest? Yeah. I mean, our goal is always to have every Rhode Island brewery participate. That would be the perfect scenario we have 54 brewery vendors if you know if we had 37 of them this year to be Rhode Island breweries that would have been great there was just some challenges for certain folks and you know and it really just depends on the size of the brewery and then their staffing situations currently just as you guys know there's a hard time getting staff everywhere so um, you know we understood that not everybody could be there but in a perfect world for me it would be that every Rhode Island brewery would have a presence at this event and be engaged with the audience and really make it as Rhode Island centric as possible. And I think, you know, in the past, you guys, we've talked about, you know, the fact that there are folks from Johnson and Wales and the brewing program there really just kind of engaging with the public, kind of uh, making some homebrew and really kind of getting some interaction time with the general public and seeing their reaction to to their product. Uh, We've done the same with the Rhode Island Brewing Society in the past, you know, a couple of those folks who participated as Rhode Island Brewing Society in years past now own breweries. So I think it's, um, you know, there's an evolution there and uh, hopefully we'll continue to see that happen. Um, You know, obviously everyone talks about a saturation point with breweries, um, but here we are with, you know, more breweries still opening than closing. So, um, you know, especially in Rhode Island, I think there's only been one or two that have kind of came and went, you know, whether it was just a, you know, for a short period of time that they were actually open or, you know, somebody like Bucket who had been open for a few years before they closed. Um, but as soon as, you know, a Bucket closed, a Smug opened right in their same spot and is, are having success. So, you know, it's, uh, there's definitely not a saturation point yet, as far as we can tell. Um, and, you know, it's just, it is a challenging business. There is a lot of hard work involved. Uh, it's not a cheap business. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts, whether it's on the federal or state regulation side or 
just in your own local community and everybody's dealing with different situations with, you know, wastewater and the DEM and their own uh, cities like Warwick, you know, having policies that kind of, you know, make it a little bit more challenging every day to, to be a small business owner um, on top of just, uh, you know, trying to attract customers and, you know, hire the right staff and, you know, do the right, do things the right way uh, to have success. So, um, you know, my hat's off to everybody who owns a brewery in the state. I'm not certainly not encouraging 30 more breweries to open up. I don't think that would be <laughs> ideal. Um, but, you know, certainly know that there are a few in planning and uh, a lot of people love the idea of it. Um, but not only do you have to love the idea, you have to have a huge passion for it as well. Yeah. And of course, you know, we have to ask about Ragged Island. What does the future look like for your brewery um, and what exciting things are coming up in the near future? Yeah, well, thank you very much. Uh, Ragged is about to reopen, which is really exciting for us. We have uh, worked really hard for four years to try to take our small little nano brewery from a one barrel brewery to the three and a half that it was up until last June when we had to close when our lease ended, um, you know, to move ourselves to our, our brand new farm brewery building, which uh, we're probably 80% done with construction right now. Everything's on time and moving ahead, which is great. Um, we're just, you know, until we get to that finish line, I probably won't rest well, uh, but we're almost there. And uh, the goal would be to open in April and have our product available again, uh, you know, with the variety that we used to have and, and you know, just the, the crowds that we used to bring out to our small little space. It'll just be a lot more fun for us to have them experience the, um, what we've created and what we've been dreaming about for the last four years. So our farm brewery is almost open. I love it. That's very good stuff. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, It was great to see on Saturday as well. Um, To close out, where can our listeners find you guys? Where can they find uh, Gray Matter Marketing? Where can they find Ragged Island? Uh, The floor is yours to kind of plug away here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so for Ragged Island, we are uh, our handles for social media are at Ragged Island for both Instagram and Facebook and even on Twitter. Um, don't really populate Twitter very much, but it is connected to the other accounts. Um, but, uh, if you want to follow along on our journey, really Instagram would probably be the best place to follow. We do share a lot of stories about the construction projects that are going on right now. Um, and then you know, as soon as we open, we're going to be at 54 Bristol ferry road, right on the main road, uh, state road, right in Portsmouth on the way to the Mount Hope bridge. Um, you know, right off of route 24. So it's very easy to find. And, you know, it might seem nondescript when you drive by. It's just a farmhouse building with a green a greenhouse attached to it. But we have 37 acres behind there that are uh, just beautiful space, sunset views of you know, over the Narragansett Bay. And uh, we're really excited to have people come out and join us there. So that's where you can find us. And Gray Matter Marketing, you know, we are, uh, you know, a group of events. So all of our different events, um, you know, there's uh, road races, we have festivals, so we can find uh, graymattermarketing.com is our website, but for the most part, you know, follow us at Rhode Island Brew Fest or Cape Cod Brew Fest to, for all your beer fans out there. Uh, that'd be a great place to follow. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, we're excited for the Ragged Island opening in the near future, and we can't wait to head to more some head, head to more Gray Matter um, events. But Matt, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck the rest of the year. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thank you very much for taking the time and uh, best of luck to you guys. And hopefully we'll see you very soon.
And that was just Matt Gray, Ragged Island, R.I. Brewfest, Great Matter Marketing. Uh, special shout out yet again. I mean, such an awesome opportunity to be able to not only attend, but like get the press passes, get the full access um, and be able to share the message of not only the Brewfest, but all of these incredible breweries. I mean, we met so many new people and have interviews lined up now um, that they're happy to come on the podcast, you know, talking with everybody. And we're really excited to, uh, you know, keep sharing that message of Rhode Island beer and New England beer and just craft beer as a whole. So really fun, really fun stuff. And uh, can't wait for the next one. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, and again, as we mentioned before this, we've got another one coming up. Keep your eyes out. Yeah. And I can't wait to this, go back to Ragged Island. I mean, I haven't, I'm yeah. just looking at Untapped. The last time I've had, I mean, obviously they've been closed, but looking at the last time I was at Ragged Island was, let's see, my, I can tell you when I, it was just after I turned 21 when I was 20, yeah, in 2018, I went in the summer. 2020 was the last time. Wow. 2020, right before the pandemic. Oh, so yeah, it's time to go back and can't wait till they uh, they open up. I'm excited. Um, Ragged Island's a, a very good place. Um, and, you know, they they got a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline. They've got new, I think it's uh, it's the farm that they're opening. Um, you know, it's a lot of good stuff for Matt Gray. Let's go into Pulse. And this is a massive week. Of course, it is brought to you by Manscaped. Use the code house at checkout. You get 20% off. You get free shipping. I need new blades for my lawnmower 3.0. And you bet I'm going to manscaped.com slash house to go get those blades. And it was a while. I haven't had to buy blades for that thing in a, in a long time. These products hold up, folks. Every man, baby, and child. Did I get your pitch right? Every man, baby, man, and, baby child. and child. Or man, woman, and child. Man, woman, and child. Yeah. But man, baby, and child just sounds so right. <laughs> Babies and, and children. Yeah. Either way. But either way, you, you, you use Manscaped for anybody. Um, Manscaped.com slash house checkout. That was my first time I did your pitch. That was weird. It's all right. We'll the prop bets. <laughs> Super Bowl prop bets. Uh Rams and Bengals. Rams are getting four points. I'm let me preface it with this. I'm very, very happy for Joe Burrow. And I think he can make he can make a, a good impact on this game. I don't know if I can back up my checkbook with Bengals money line. No, no. And I that's can't where, do that's it. My, that's my predicament because it's like when the Bengals won, they're that feel-good team. It's like the Rams knew they were going to be there, right? They they acquired Von Miller. They got OBJ. You know, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are having career years. McVay's been there before. This team was built for a Super Bowl run. It's in their home turf. The stars are all aligned there. The Bengals, on the other hand, two years ago, number one pick last year, fifth overall pick. They have all these fancy new weapons. They're a team that has just been, you know, they won the AFC North. They're surprising everybody, you know, 
each playoff game. I want them to win. I'm rooting for the Bengals. I don't think they have, well, no, no, they have it, but I don't think they will win. I'm going to go Bengals points. I think they cover four, four and a half, but I think the Rams do win it. That's what I'm doing too. I, dude, I just, I tweeted on September 10th. I go, this Rams team is going to win the Super Bowl. I can't betray my old self. We've said it. We've said it. We've said it. And it's like, the receipts not, are all like, here on the pod. I'm not saying like I don't think it's gonna it's going to be like um the Broncos Panthers game where it's a blowout. I really do think it's going to be a close game, or even last year, the Bucks Chiefs, where it was a blowout. I do think it's going to be a close game. Um however, I'm I I was like when the playoffs, you know, when they when they announced the two teams that won. I was all for the Bengals. I'm now talking myself out of it, which I don't know if it's a bad move, but I just do think the Rams are this team now that for them, their future is on the line. The Rams future is on the line where the, the Bengals now are becoming a destination. Joe Burrow is going to be the quarterback for the next 20 years. They have this elite core of receivers. People are going to want to play for them. They will be back. I cannot see the Rams be back after this season in a long time because they they have no draft picks. They're going to have to maybe sign, re-sign Von Miller. That might be a stretch. That's the thing. And even how, like how much do you spend on an older linebacker? Yeah. Like OBJ is going to get a payday somewhere. They're going to need to save for a Cooper cup extension. Matt Stafford's not a young chicken. You know, he's, he's on his tail end of his career, even though he's playing incredible. It's just the facts. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces that like they have to win this year. They have to win. I know. That's the thing. It's like they squeeze the life out of every single person on that team. Sony Michelle's been doing well. That's unbelievable. Couldn't even get him to do well in New England. Um, yeah, it's, I agree with every single thing you just said. Like the Rams need to win now or they're screwed. That's that's a big takeaway here, which is why I think like this, they're just so good. Their defense is can we say that they're the best defense in the NFL? I think they probably are. Yeah. I mean, the Bucs had a good defense. Um, who else? I mean, the Bills had a pretty good one for a while. <sighs> I know I'm forgetting some, but I mean, this is just, this has the recipe for a Rams win. Mm-hmm. I hate it. And I don't even know if I could take the Bengals to cover. I might sprinkle a little on it, but I think I'm just taking – Rams money line and maybe parlay it with a few things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's not fun, but let's get into the fun part, uh, which are the prop bets. These are always weird. We whiffed, well, I whiffed a lot last year on these props. Um, I think I ended up like breaking even after all that, like a couple crazy ones hit and then I just broke. It's not fun. I did well. But. I did well because I had uh, the big ones that hit for me were, um, or no, that was two years ago was when it was the 49ers Chiefs. That was my big payday one because I had um, Kyle Jusick to catch a pass and score a touchdown. And they were both like crazy odds that paid for all of my props like three times over. Yeah it's always those touchback ones that everyone gets tripped up on and 
Oh, the last, the last play as a rush. Will it be a rush because a QB Neal also a QB Neal and it, no. He fucking, <laughs> two years ago, Patrick Mahomes tied, decided to like chuck the ball. Dude, that and was then, bullshit. They're like, don't then, kneel it. Yeah, last year they were trying to like overcome losing to the Bucs and they were just airballing it. Yeah, oh, I don't know. All right, so any big prop bets? Now I've got one, maybe two. Let's hear what you've got for props that you'll be going to the window with. So, all right. Um, <laughs> you don't sound confident. Will Joe Burrow be shown smoking a, a cigar? Minus. 1350 for no plus 700 for yes. I'm going to take the yes. But that's at, at all? At all. And I think not only if they win, they're going to show the commercial of, or they're going to show footage of him coming to the game. They're probably going to show the LSU one. That is that one. Can't, they can't be. I'm right on. They're obviously going to do it. Yes. Now, in terms of actual player props, I will take Odell Beckham Jr. over 62 and a half receiving yards. Now, in the playoffs, I'm pulling up the numbers here. In the playoffs, OBJ is averaging 78.7 yards per game. He's got 15 catches on 19 targets. I think that the defense is going to try to double Cooper Cup, that he's going to get at least 70 yards, uh, at least 62 and a half yards, if not more. Okay. And then I don't know what the Gatorade props are, but I'm saying orange. Okay. I'm going to take purple for Gatorade because there's been those weird years. Like everyone's a yellow or orange or red. Purple's happened a few times, right? Not recently. Not I recently. thought it happened like a couple years ago. All right. Now I'm curious. I, got, I, have the, I have the graph. You got it. So, okay. The last 10 Gatorade colors. The Buck Super Bowl, blue. Casey, blue. That's what it was. the Chiefs, Sorry. orange. The Pats, blue. The Eagles, yellow. There was no Gatorade in the Pats, <laughs> uh, the, the other Pats ones. Orange for the Broncos Super Bowl. Blue for the Pats. Orange for the Seahawks. There was no Gatorade for the Ravens. The last purple was the Giants Super Bowl. And then before that, the Packers was orange. I am... If, if the last one was the Giants on purple, I cannot in good conscience bet purple. I'm sorry. They could be due. They could That's be That's the year that you broke my heart. Yeah. They Can't could do be purple. due, but I don't know. I'll say blue. I'm going to do two years in a row blue. We're going to set some history here. Uh, never has there been two blue Gatorades in a row, and I say it ends this year. Well, in the last 10 years. Could be. I've got, I found the whole list. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, up to Super Bowl 21 when I guess Gatorade got invented. I, I don't know. Is that, is that accurate? I, I don't know. That was one of the Giants' early Super Bowls. 
It was the first one on record. They they started keeping that metric. Crazy. All right. I'll take I'll take blue. Take blue for Gatorade. Um, there are two that are they're both they're both minus. All right. So they're both uh they're I, you can call them favored, I guess. But the one that stuck out, the Bengals outcome of the first drive. I'm gonna say punt, and punt is minus 110. And I say that because, you know, I'm, I'm looking, you know, the, the stats back it up. It's like the Rams force a punt on 60% of opponents opposing possessions. It's a league's fifth highest rate. And the Bengals have the 10th highest punt rate on their first drive in the league with 55%. So I, I can see it. One of those like Burrow, maybe not getting overwhelmed, but like, oh shit, like I've got some work to do. Like I can't run my, I can't just pass over the middle of, uh, you know, a zone defense. I can see that happening. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with that one. I'm also going to do, where is my T Higgins one? It's T Higgins to have a longer reception than Odell Beckham jr. And that's minus 130. Um, all of Odell's receptions, well, not all of them, I should say, but he's he's not like this. Cooper Cup's the guy to have these deep threats to, right? And he just runs all this yards after catching all this shit. Um, T. Higgins is a deep threat. So give me T. Higgins, and I'll take that at minus 130. A couple of units, maybe. That's all I've got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to look at the full prop list, the full book this weekend. I'll probably put plenty of coin on it um, just for some shits and gigs. But yeah, I really, I really wish I can confidently say the Bengals because I want them to win, but I'm talking myself out of it. Talking myself. Are you going to take, though, the last? So here's the deal the last play of the game to be a quarterback, Neil. It's yes, minus 205, and no is plus 166. This is courtesy of FanDuel as of yesterday. I kind of like no. I know. Like, if you're going to bet that, I feel like you should just bet no or stay away from it. Yeah. It's just like every time I've said it, it's like, oh, the last, the last one's going to be a kneel. But – I don't know. I, I kind of like, no, I might sprinkle a tiny bit there. Yeah. Will the game be tied again after zero zero is a good one too. And it's almost pick them slight favor towards. Yes. What, what was it? Will the game be tied again after zero zero? No, no. I feel like always someone would, Somebody's somebody is always down heading into the locker room at half. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you there. Um, and another one is just will there be overtime too? Yes, it's plus nine fifty. <laughs> you know, I don't hate that one, but then it then it kind of backtracks our tie. That's true, and, and I, I'll close it at this one unless you have anything else, like just for rapid fire. Sack before touchdown is an interesting one. I don't think Rhode Island Sportsbook carries it, but you're basically betting on what happens first. Yeah. Sack is minus 135, touchdown plus 105. Probably very sack. equal payouts. You think a sack? Probably a sack. 
I guess that's betting on the Rams, though. I mean, the the Bengals have a pretty a pretty good defense. Yeah, they were all over Mahomes. I, and Mahomes I know. Can move. Yeah, they've got a good front. Like all those dudes are, they're pretty good. I don't know. I think I take the touchdown there just because it's plus one hundred five. But yeah, I mean that's the tough part about props is like you're always looking for the pluses, but they usually flip. What other? I'm gonna do another quick. Oh. First touchdown. These are crazy. CJ Azama, first touchdown, plus 2,400. Well, he's hurt. So, is he not playing? I mean, he's going to play, but I doubt he, you know. Whoa, Joe Burrow, first touchdown is plus 4,000. He's not a big runner. I know, but it's just so, it's like. <laughs> He ran in a few this playoffs, I feel like. He ran in at least one. Uh, let's look that up. I mean, Joe. Hey. I don't think he. Let's see. Joe Burrow playoffs. Joe Burrow playoffs. Post- he ran in. Let's see. He did not run in any touchdowns this postseason. No, he ran in one. Fuck. No, he didn't. Well, I guess the stats don't lie. And in this playoffs, he's only rushed for 20, 28 yards. Ugh. He rushed for 30 yards again, or yeah, or 25 yards on one carry against the Chiefs. He rushed for one carry, or sorry. Oh, no, sorry. Restart that. Five carries for 25 yards against the Chiefs. (laughs) Two carries for five yards against the Titans. Two carries for minus two yards against the Raiders. Mm. But his passing, though, now this is an interesting one. He's had an interception the last two games against the Titans and the the Chiefs. Is there an anytime interception one? He did not throw a touchdown pass against the the Titans. So this playoffs, he has four touchdowns, two interceptions, 842 yards passing with a 68% completion rate. Hmm. Okay. I don't know what props that favor though. Cause I mean, it's like he continues on the trend or does he shatter them and correct the course? It's well, just looking at the secondary, it's like the Titan secondary is like, eh, the chiefs, like they Tyron Matthew is hurt. This secondary you have Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Plus, plus two monsters in Von Miller and Aaron Donald rushing you. I mean, you got to worry about the front. That's the thing with the That's like the Bengals. I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, the Titans game, he got sacked like eight times. Uh, eight times? Shit. It's like a heavy – did it say how many times he got sacked? Um, nine times. He had nine sacks against the Titans. Nine times? Yeah. Oh, my God. God, that was a dogfight, that game. That was a dogfight. So it's like, again, the Chiefs didn't have it in them. They still sacked them 
Um, they only sacked him once, but the Chiefs were just kind of off that game anyway. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, big stage, big players playing at home. They know, they know the field. They feel comfortable. I don't know. It's the I home guess. stadium. It's the home stadium that's getting me. It's not even like, yeah, like the, the crowd will probably be still be equal because like, you know, players get tickets and the NFL spreads it out a little bit. Um, but it's just being on home turf. They're sleeping in their own beds. They, they <laughs> know their routine when they get in. They're not moving locker rooms. Like, I don't know. I said it last year with the Bucks too. Yeah. Home turf. Home turf. I will leave everyone with a long shot. Tyler Higby up in the air. Ben Skronek, anytime touchdown, plus 1,200. Just in case, sprinkle five bucks on it, and you make what? I don't know. You make uh, – is that 120? Is that the backup tight end? Yeah. <laughs> For next, like one of those that you're just like, yeah, fuck it. Sounds good. Hmm. See, the problem with the Rams – wait, what are anytime touchdown score OBJ? It's probably minus. Um, no, I think – I think it's like plus 150 or something. I got to look. I think OBJ scores a touchdown. Odds available for who – you think he scores the first one or anyone? Anyone. Plus 120. What are, what are, what's the line for all of them? OBJ plus 120, Jamar plus 100, and then you have, in positives, you have Cup at minus 190, Mixon minus 105, Akers minus 110. Yeah. T. Higgins plus 175. Okay. Higby plus 230. I don't know. Zama plus 250. Sony Michelle and Henderson both at plus 250. Henderson could be interesting. He could be an interesting one. Hmm. But you almost kind of look at like Tyler Boyd at plus 275. You're like, oh shit, you know, that makes sense. It's a money pick. Yeah. What about Samaji P. Ryan at 400? He scored one against the uh, Chiefs last week. That's damn right. Two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I gotta think know. this over. Now, now we've got a lot to think about. <laughs> and what's he over? 44 and a half? I think that was what it was when I think we last half. I like the why does, seem, why does that seem high though? In the 40s, I think. I think it's 48 and a half. Um, I should know this. I've looked at it today. It's oh 48 and a half. 48 and a half. 48 and a half. That seems that seems a little high. I mean, that's you know, 24 apiece. How many times has the over <laughs> hit in the Super Bowl? It's dead even. Ugh, damn it. All right, I'm staying. In the last six Super Bowls, the under is four and two, including the last three games. Yeah. That's interesting. Average margin of victories, 13.9 points all time. Shit. I don't know. We've got a lot of homework to do between the time the drops and the, uh, and the time we get to the 
to the window. Uh, any closing thoughts? Anything we left out on the Super Bowl preview and Rhode Island Brewfest recap? No, no. Looking forward to capping off a good weekend. Do it. If you have suggestions, please do tweet us because we want to hear them. That'll do it. That's episode 76. Uh, short notice, we'll turn around another one early next week. That's Will, and I'm Jake. So long, folks. Take it easy. Thank you.